1: the premier podcast for all things penn state football
0: talk about culture it's something that should show up in every aspect
1: of your program it's the blue white breakdown brought to you by Penn live here are your hosts bob flounders and david jones
0: okay you guys are gonna love this one blue white breakdown podcast dave jones bob flounders of course we're gonna talk penn state football but uh, we're going to we're going to we're not burying the lead Penn State hoops those Jekyll and Hyde Nittany Lions last, <laughs> night, last <laughs> night at Northwestern with a dramatic win in overtime on a three I think from an un, unla- a fairly unlikely source Dave you were there you just post uh, you weren't there you you watched the game you just put something up on Penn live it's Thursday around lunchtime I'll tee you up so where are you with
1: this team. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, there's no. Yeah, I got to give Mark Brennan credit, our good friend, our old friend uh, uh, from Fight On State. Um, he predicted that they would win this game, and then, well, I shouldn't out him because it it was impossible. I won't out the whole thing because it might he might not like it. But he, it 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 doesn't end well for Penn State because it never ends well for Penn State, right? Just when they, this is what they do, just. When they th- you think they're dead, they're only mostly dead and they fish you back in, get everyone encouraged, and then they have a fall at home. The last game of the regular season is against Maryland. You know what happened Sunday night against Rutgers, an absolute collapse, a gag job, up 19 with 17 minutes to go and had one field goal in uh, 13 minutes. Uh, lost a, a heartbreak. I mean, I was up there next to Dane O'Neill, and neither we're just open mouthed She came in to do uh, ostensibly a feature on Jalen Pickett, their star, and it was such a a incredibly depressing. Uh, <laughs> it was awful. We're
0: well, like one for seventy-five from three, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Seth Lundy was 0 for eleven. Andrew Funk was uh, one for six, I believe. It's, I, I think together they were one for 17 from three. They're two best three-point shooters. Two of the very best three-point shooters. The two most prolific three-point shooters in the Big Ten did that. And it's not like they didn't get some open looks. They did. So it was just everyone's written them off. I, I Knowing who they are, I did not completely write them off. And I said, I called up uh, Dana and Dick O'Neill, who were driving back afterward, where we were all driving back. And um, I said, you know, it would be just like these guys to go into Northwestern and Northwestern's vulnerable and win. And of course, that's what they did after playing a first half in Chicago that might have been worse than the second half against Rutgers. So they had back to back, just abysmal halves. Uh, they could easily have been down fifteen or eighteen in the first half at Northwestern, but Northwestern didn't play any much better. And it was seventeen to seven at one point midway in the first half. Chris Collins afterwards said, I felt like we left a lot of points on the floor. It could have been more like twenty-five to seven. And they stayed breathing. They stayed breathing and they did something they just haven't done all year, the Lions. They won ugly. Usually they have to be playing their beautiful basketball, which when they get the threes going and start buzzing around the perimeter and zipping the ball around, it's beautiful, man. It's like the it's like the glory days Warriors. But when they can't hit shots, it grinds to a halt. They play too much uh, bully ball with Jalen Pickett, and it gets really ugly. And they've not been able to win that way. They won this game ugly. It was not. Uh, It was an unsightly game, almost, (laughs) it was better, much better in the second half. But still, they won a tight game uh, where uh, regulation ended 61-61. I went back and looked, um, not counting a uh, non-conference game against, uh, I I can't remember even who it was, 60-46, an awful holiday game against some bad non-conference team. They had not won a game where they scored fewer than 64 points in regulation. So this was a first. Uh, they went, uh, you mentioned Cameron Winter, who was pretty much AWOL for much of the Big Ten season, kind of got called out indirectly by Micah Shrewsbury, who said, you know, he's a, he's a senior from Drexel, a transfer, and, and, and Shrewsbury said a couple of weeks ago, if my seniors are going to be playing like freshmen, I'm as well play the freshmen. Right, I like and it. And Kanye Clary got a lot of his minutes. And I don't know if that woke him up. That's to be determined, but man, the last four games, he's averaging 18 points. He has made 13 of 17 three-pointers, including the big shot with less than a second to go last night from the corner. And it was uh, an astounding win for a Penn State team that doesn't win ugly.
0: I love tough love, Dave. It sounds like that's what Micah gave to some of uh, his older players, and they uh, they're responding. So they play they play noon at home, Maryland Sunday. Correct? Is that right? Correct. Uh, yeah. Without without getting too much into that game, is this? I mean, I I know I've I feel like I've asked you this question like four or five times because I thought it was true at the time. Is this basically an elimination game for Penn State? They win this game, though, Dave. They still have hope. But if they lose this game, isn't it completely over?
1: Well, the math just doesn't work. Uh, it, it's it's they're pretty much in the tournament right now. It's it's winner go home. I think from now on, but essentially for the next the next two games, anyway. I think if they beat Maryland, who is not a good road <laughs> team, has played completely differently on the road than they have at home just got done playing an ugly loss last night in Columbus to a not a, a not very good Ohio State team uh they lost by double digits in Columbus they are I believe one and eight on the road this year Maryland is so it's doable but this is kind of the kind of game where Penn State gets fans hopes up and uh You don't know what to – yet it's senior day, which is always uh, an emotional tumult. You know, there have been uh, other senior day disasters. I called up – I texted Joe Crispin on the way back from the Rutgers game and said, what did that remind you of? And he immediately knew what I was talking about because on his senior day in 01 against Ohio State, they blew a 50 to 30 halftime lead and he kept shooting just like Lundy did kept shooting and shooting and shooting and shot him out of it. Jazzy Klein Heard was yelling at him. They had a a near fist fight in the locker room afterward and that made him seven and nine in the big 10 at the end of the season. That was their final regular season game. They went to Chicago for the big 10 tournament having to win once, maybe twice to make it in the NCAs, That team had a much better non-conference resume than this one. They had a 24 RPI at the end of the season. They had a win at Rupp Arena over the Tayshawn Prince-Keith Bogans team, who ended up as a two-seed Kentucky. They had a win over a, another future two-seed, Illinois. This team doesn't have that. They don't have any bad losses, but they don't have like any astounding wins like, like that. So they need to pile up more wins. I think they need at least two. The one at Maryland, and God knows who they're going to play. They look like they're in that Thursday bracket right now. But if, if Wisconsin uh, manages to upset Purdue tonight, then, then they are headed for maybe a tie with Penn State, even at 10-10. and 10, And they could fall back into the Wednesday group. They don't want to be there because that win does them no good. They want to play Thursday in the 7-10 game. And, and that that's against God knows who, because the middle of the pack is so convoluted. It could, it could be any of like four or five teams.
0: Exciting time to be a big 10 uh, basketball fan. It sounds like it's been a, it's been a bang up year for the uh, men's basketball big 10 conference, but who knows? Good luck to Penn state. Uh, hopefully
1: they can get what are, you, what are you, Mike Kern? Who knows? You tell me.
0: Hopefully, Let's see him. I, I'd actually like to see him win on senior day. I have no dog in the fight, but uh, you know what? They're scrappy. And I like the fact that Shrewsbury called out his seniors and they responded. So it's
1: in front of him. By the way, Jalen Pickett, one of the other seniors who who has looked a little tired and <laughs> <wonder> weary. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, everything is on his shoulders and he's been double and even triple teamed sometimes. He didn't score last night. He had seven points, but 11 assists and one turnover. I mean, again, he was the maestro, the d- d- distributor. And, and Seth Lundy, after having that disaster against Rutgers, he was, by the way, one for 16 overall from the floor, 0 for 11 from three, had been the second best three-point shooter in the Big Ten Uh, up up until that time with a 44% three-point percentage. He hit four of nine last night and a couple of big ones. He and Pickett got into it about a defensive missed assignment in the second half, but all's well, that ends well. Pickett distributed uh, his final three, and it was a big, big shot to to get him back. I believe they were trailing by six when he hit that, and it made it a three-point game. It was a really, really gutty win last night.
0: This is the Blue white Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Now, Dave, this is not going to be a great transition, but we're going to talk a little, talk a little Penn State football. But I, I know this is going to be something I think you're going to want to talk about. Uh, the combine's going on right now. Spring practice is a couple of weeks away, but
1: Johnny's out there, right?
0: Johnny is Johnny is out there. He's killing it. He's killing it. Uh, he drove out to Indy from Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a great drive out. I don't know if it's going to be a great drive back for him because it's going to. It's not that. <laughs> it's not going to be good, but.
1: One or two people know that you're being facetious. They might not know if they haven't taken that. It's a drive. horrible
0: drive either way, but the way back is far worse because you're exhausted <laughs> and you do not want to make the drive. Is essentially is essentially what I'm saying. Uh, it's 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 not good. It's bleak. It's long. Uh, I don't recommend it. But God bless Johnny. He's out there. He's going to have stuff. On are, you, all-
1: are you saying Indiana in March is not scenic? Is that what you mean? <laughs> In Ohio?
0: <laughs> he's got. We, there's seven combine guys for Penn State out there. He's going to be all over it. I'll be watching, Dave.
1: I heard that P.J. Mustafer liked his coaching in one of them all-star games that he got from the Patriots staff. Did you hear that? Yeah. Uh, he
0: he would be a Patriots type. Bill likes his uh, defensive tackles. Blocky and good against the run. Smart. Uh, he had Vince Wolfert there. Vince is bigger than P.J., but P.J. was – a killer against the run. Um, I was going to say Will Levis is throwing on Saturday, Dave. If you want to carve out a little time out of your schedule to see former Penn State quarterback Will Levis throw. You probably don't, but I was just going to let you know that's when he's going to throw.
1: Wait a minute. Is this a game or what
0: is it? It's like a, it's, he's going to throw for the scouts. He's going to throw We're watching practice. You're
1: talking about practice. Is that what we're that's watching? That's right. Okay. I think, yeah. Bright, I think yeah.
0: Bryce Young is going to check in. They, so they're going to weigh and measure. Or they're going to measure. Oh. I think Bryce Young's going to, I'm going to say 5'7, yeah. 151.
1: <laughs> We're weighing and measuring? That's exciting. Who watches, who watches this stuff? Honestly, who watches this stuff? I got, I'm with Ernie Acorsi. You know, Ernie Acorsi always said, watch the film. I don't watch him in shorts. Yeah. I don't watch Dan him. Dan
0: Campbell, in the Lions coach, pretty much said the exact same thing. Uh, yesterday, he's like, I'm, "We're not here to watch guys run around the field in their pajamas. We're gonna we're gonna watch the tape, <laughs> and we're gonna talk to them. But we're not really gonna be we're not really all that interested in what they do here. You know, it, it's really like it's really like an Olympic combine. So, but uh, what, what what I wanted to say though, Dave, is I I was interested in what you wrote last week about your conversation with Matt McGloin." Um, that the quarterback on the 2012 team, he's kind of in the industry. Now he has a podcast. Um, I think he I think he still does some sideline work, uh, on Penn state radio, or at least he did. So he's definitely plugged in.
1: Matt, Matt, Matt is, I think he's a terrific analyst in a lot of different ways. I mean, he has, has things to say, says them. He's done a couple of big 10 network games (laughs) Gets, says them and gets out of the way. You know, he, has, he, he doesn't hem and haw. He doesn't just fill the air with, with – uh, yeah. he's no broth Heward. Is that, is that <laughs> what I'm trying to
0: say? Did you call him Broth or Broth? I like Broth better. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to him. He's Broth. Um.
1: <laughs> you know what? We might as well say what we, we think that about these guys who just talk to hear themselves talk. It, it, it seems like they're just trying to fill air and build their brains.
0: And it's it hot air. It is hot air. I love one of my favorite things about Matt McGloin is he literally talked him out. He talked himself out. I think it was the first iteration of the XFL. I think at halftime, he was a quarterback on one of the teams and he trashed the offensive game plan live. <laughs> and like he literally, I don't think he ever played for that team again. So I was, he, he, well, you know, Mike Shrewsbury, that's tough love. Uh, what what Matt McGloin will do is like he'll it's it's way worse than tough love. That's
1: scorched earth. Yeah, but I think maybe at that point he didn't care anymore. He had made his mark. There's not there are not many Penn State players who I think are both beloved with the fans and the writers as much as Matt McGloin was. I mean, he said what he thought no matter what, and if you didn't like it, so be it. I mean. The only things he didn't quite say out in the open were the stuff that he, I knew he believed about the Penn State game plan and a, a certain um uh, guy that resembles maybe the Iowa coordinator now <laughs> uh, as as far as nepotism is oh, concerned. Oh, let's, not, really won't go let's there. not go down yeah. that, Let's <laughs>
0: not go down that <laughs> path. And let's not. Anyway, not. he
1: did not air those grievances publicly so he was a good boy in that respect but Matt is so much fun to talk to. So he asked me to be on that podcast. I don't know. I don't know who the other guy is. He's some sort of minor league pro wrestling uh, commentator, but, but he was like some golden throat, eager
0: golden throat. Yeah. I know the type Um, before I ask you about what, what you guys talked about, I just continue to marvel at uh, the 2012 team and what all, a lot of them have done, you know, not only at Penn state, but since they've, you know, since they've. You know left Penn State McGloin you know Jordan Hill and Michael Maldi are now running the Trinity football program uh in in Harrisburg and and Jordan has really built that thing up to be a really really good team John Urschel I think is now teaching math at Harvard I mean it's just you know Adrian Amos and, and Alan Robinson made it to the NFL Dion Barnes who was on that team um you know, is now, you know, he could, he could be, I'm not saying he will be, he's on, he's on Franklin's staff. He's now an analyst, but he could be their next defensive line coach. He's, he's very well thought of as a recruiter and a developer, but a lot of those guys on that 2000, it's not a coincidence, Dave, that that team overcame that adversity. I think that a lot of high character guys, a lot of fighters or as, as, Bill O'Brien would say something <laughs> else than fighters. but I, We I can say think, that
1: on this, can't we? Can't we, say, no, that? Can't we I just,
0: say that? I don't think it's a coincidence that just a lot of guys on that team have really, really made the most of their post-football life.
1: I, I, don't, I don't think you can underestimate the impact that Bill O'Brien had on all those guys. There's a reason. Uh, that, that program was kind of adrift, especially offensively, when he arrived, and he didn't have a heck of a lot to work with, he had some tight ends, he had some good backs, uh, especially the next year. Uh, but the impact he made on Matt McGloin from 2011 to 2012 is astounding, and Charlie Fisher too, who was who was uh, Matt's quarterback coach. Matt loved him, uh, but those two guys. Made Matt McGloin into an NFL quarterback. And in no way was he an NFL quarterback in 2011. You remember the bowl game against Florida when he, he threw, was it five? Picks?
0: Five, five interceptions, including the pick six that sealed it.
1: And could have it could have been nine. I mean, remember there were like three or four dropped? I mean, he was, you talk about a drift and he was, he wanted coaching. He wanted to be, you talk about being coached hard, he wanted that. And he loved Bill O'Brien, and Bill O'Brien did him a lot of good. And Matt really, really took to that teaching. I think you could probably say that across the board to a lot of those guys on that team because it wasn't just overcoming adversity. That was a cataclysm. That was a, an, a, an opportunity for all of them to fold or evacuate. And he brought that thing together when it could have completely come apart. So I think going through that crucible together, those guys, they benefited from the situation and from Bill O'Brien. And it was lasting. I mean, here, here you are talking about it over a decade later. Those guys have built lives, not just football careers.
0: Yeah, and, I, and, and, I, and to, to your point, Dave, some of the high-profile guys that left, you don't hear that much about them anymore. The running back, Silas Red. Justin Brown, the receiver. I mean, maybe they're—I don't know what they're doing, but may, maybe it's just they're not in the Penn State spotlight. But those guys, um, you know, it just—I think their football wise It really didn't work out for them. Hopefully, they're doing it. A- I
1: don't—I don't begrudge Silas Red going to USC in, in the slightest. Um, at that point, especially in that age of college football, where your only money-making opportunity is the NFL, um, I think you had—he had every right to get out of there because it looked like a bad bad situation yeah
0: and lane, Kiff- lane kiffin had his whole staff up i think in connecticut uh to, to get him.
1: But, yeah <laughs> so so you know did what did he did silas red play in the nfl much i, think he I can't did, remember but i think he
0: had to be fair silas was a great I, he was one of the best running backs i've seen at penn state since i've been i've been doing it but um he had a knee injury at USC and I don't know that he was ever the same and he might he might have hurt his knee again um he might have hurt his knee again then uh in the NFL I remember his dad was a cop uh and I think he he raised he was he was a guy that uh stern guy I think he was I think it was Silas red senior but I think Silas was absolutely raised right he was great at Penn State but yeah
1: a likable really likable kid so I don't begrudge him the the people who say well it's poor the justice you left. When the going got tough it's not really that simple i mean at some point you have to look out for your career especially then because it's your only money-making opportunity uh so you know
0: yeah i just think the guys that stayed i mean if you can if you can if you can prosper in that in that environment like i mean it, it it can't get much harder than that moving forward so i just think that you're right it was a crucible
1: and uh jordan hill too yeah one of my favorite people I ever ran into at Penn State. The kind of guy that, that everyone around him enjoys and likes, and he brings people together. Uh, he, he did it even in high school. Um, I mean, did you see that team at all? I can't remember. Still high the, basketball were you football team?
0: No. Yeah. No, I didn't see that, but I also know he was a pretty good basketball player
1: too. There? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay, I, think right. I think he
0: played hoops. I think he was pretty mean inside.
1: It, it's Steel High,
0: yeah. I think so. Yeah, him and his, um, him I and his re- cousin played for Steel High, one of their good teams. I think.
1: I just remember being down at Al Gornick's Field House after You're they so won. Lucky the,
0: for having that experience.
1: <laughs> after they won the state title, and it was like he was the Pied Piper, and he came in there a couple hours after the game, and it, it's it's a unique place. Steelton is such a, a unique community where. You barely, barely notice it's racially diverse because people just really don't even see that. They're just Steelton people and they 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 love each other and and love what they appreciate each other. Uh, It's 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 got some sort of glue to it that that uh, that was one of the Jermel Fleming came in that night. And I probably got a little drunker than I should have because it was so much fun just sitting at the bar. No. <laughs> but S- Steelton is a hell of a place. I think I think Kenny Richter came in. I don't know. The, 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 There's the, more it's bars
0: than homes in Steelton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, is Al Gordick's Fieldhouse? That's gone, right? Uh,
0: I think it is. I, I'm yeah, pretty sure it is.
1: Yeah. we We were there when the OJ chase began seeing the full effect band in 1992, um, which was one of our favorite bands. And I, we dancing in the, in the, in this to the full, full effect was like a big brassy kind of a, they were, they were like, um, um, it a lot of horns and fun and danceable stuff. Um, like earth and fire. Yeah, probably like uh, who's that Oakland band that that does so very hard to go? Um, Uh, No, you're not talking about the Gap band, are you? No, no. I'm sorry. Um, This band, I'm thinking I've actually played at the Rose Bowl in 1974, which is which is. I wish I could remember because I remember Kurt Gowdy going. (laughs) I can't remember the name of the band. I forgot (laughs) goddess. Anyway. it, it 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 was a great night fun night and then i looked over there was this little tv up in the corner and i'm seeing these police cars chasing like a white bronco and i'm like what is this what is this and and it ruined the night because before within 15 minutes there was a super up that said oj simpson and on the run and everyone quit dancing and started looking at the TV. It was the strangest, strangest thing. Um, it was really remarkable.
0: Yeah. I think that was, I think that was 93, not 92, but I get it. I get you. Oh,
1: it was 93. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: Hey, just real quick to circle back here to old Matt McGloin. Um, uh, I, I, re- I read your post and I know, and you put the, I think you put the the link to the video podcast at the bottom of your post. But you guys kind of talked about the schedule. Now, I'm not asking you about the schedule, but um, just just maybe highlight some of the concerns maybe Matt had maybe about 2023, just generally before, you know, in the in the preseason. What what stood out to you? Uh, concerns and strengths and that stuff. Yeah. Did you
1: look at the schedule?
0: I did look at the schedule.
1: I I just thought of the band. I'm sorry. Go ahead. As Kurt, If you can imagine Kurt Gowdy going, that's, that's Tower of Power. Tower of Power. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think they ever played in Wyoming. And I think that's. <laughs> they
1: played at the Rose Bowl. They played at the 74 Rose Bowl at halftime. I mean, if you can imagine that. Anyway, um, it's, it's a very unusual schedule in that they have a nice, easy road into Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, Matt is worried, and I think rightly so, about the beginning. Um, because you got to go into Illinois and the refurbished Bilema machine, Bilema, and then come home, huh? Bilema, you said no, no, stop that. You're mispronouncing it on purpose. I don't know why you have to do that. And then they 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 come home. They have to they have to play uh, Iowa. Is that it at home? I'm trying uh, to remember. Iowa
0: and there's a Northwestern game in there somewhere too. But I don't think Northwestern is really what you guys
1: are worried about. Worried about Iowa and Illinois back to back. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. At at Illinois and then Iowa. That's the game. Those are the <laughs> games he's worried about because it's the Big Ten opener and then the second game with two very physical football teams and maybe a real track, couple of tractor pulls that you, know, you wonder if the freshman quarterback will be up for that and ready for that because it's gonna be a mixed master at scrimmage. Penn State has to win up front in both of those games especially the Iowa game it's going to be tough so that might be the toughest juncture uh in late September
0: yeah i'm excited to see Manny Diaz versus Brian Ferentz. i don't know about you that should be pretty good we'll
1: see you're you're mispronouncing again it's ference and and you know you're doing this you're doing this on purpose yeah
0: <laughs> it's still going to be a great battle of wits i can,
1: I can imagine Brian Ference going it's ference it's ference <laughs> After you say, Coach Ferenc in a question.
0: He probably calls calls him Doug Lamorices, so there. It's probably (laughs) checkmate. technique.
1: Well, um, see, Matt is – we disagreed on this. And uh, I don't know where you weigh in here, but Matt is convinced that the addition of Cade McNamara – at Iowa, instead of uh, you know Spencer Petras or Alex Padilla at quarterback,
0: I, how do you say those names with a straight face?
1: <laughs> Will Will Tran- I don't I don't pile on college players, Bob. I don't know about you. Maybe what if they're twenty
0: six years old, Dave?
1: Maybe maybe that's your style, but not. What if mine. they're
0: twenty six years old? Are they really <laughs> college players?
1: He is convinced that Cade McNamara, who was a very accomplished quarterback at Michigan will transform that offense. I am not so sure. And, and not only that, but Eric All, the tight end from Michigan, a very good tight end coming in there. Iowa's a tight end kind of, kind of school, kind of program. He's convinced that will be a, a substantial difference. What do you think?
0: Uh, first blush, I just think Penn State's talent. Uh, I know everyone's going to be watching Drew early in the year, assuming he's healthy. I just think that Penn State's talent base, man, uh, they're they're, just, like, they're 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 just much more athletic, I think, than Iowa. And I, I just uh, I don't I, if it was if it was out there, I'd probably be a little bit more concerned about it. But it's in, it's at state college this year, isn't
1: it? Correct. But but uh, does does Cade McNamara make a difference in that offense? That's I the question. I
0: can't, Dave. I can't unsee that semifinal. I can't unsee yeah. that semifinal. Yeah. I don't know. My-
1: Uh, I tend to agree with you.
0: He, you know, when you know, he didn't really have to. I'll say this: he played okay in 2021 at Beaver Stadium, but that game was really won by Michigan's defense and running game. And then, even in the fall when Michigan hammered him, Cade McNamara did not play well. He threw that pick six to uh, to Curtis Jacobs, and he he should have had another pick six. It was really the run game. I just, I don't know. I just think that if 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 I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm very happy daring K McNamara to beat me with his arm. I really am. And I just think that, I think he's a real good complimentary quarterback, but I don't know, I don't know that I would, I I don't know that on, I I don't know that I would call him maybe, when I look at him, I I don't know that he's an all big 10 caliber quarterback. And I'm not talking first team, but I don't even know if I'd call him third team. I just think that he is an above average game manager.
1: Yeah, that's that's the way I look at him. So we agree and maybe Matt will be Matt's been right about a lot of things, let me tell you. He was right. He was right about something that very few people predicted, which was the Michigan State uprising in 2021. I talked to him before the season and he said, I think Michigan State's gonna be really, really good. I went, What? What? Are you kidding? What do you what do you and there they were. I mean, they they beat Michigan, they they were on fire until the the final couple of weeks and they they stumbled a little bit there but Mel Tucker had them really really ready to play and put together see Matt noticed all the all the super seniors he put together uh it was kind of like what Bielema did um and and so he was right about that we'll see if he's right about this The, the the thing about this Illinois Iowa scenario that I'm not as worried about, about that as Matt is is that I don't think Illinois is going to be as good. They've lost. They're they're going to have a brand new quarterback. Uh, you can Tommy DeVito. You can, you can no. You can disparage Tommy DeVito, but he's going to be gone. Uh, they they're, they're bringing in a, another kid, a transfer, I believe from Ole Miss. Um, they they've lost a lot of the back end of their defense. Uh, yeah. Witherspoon and the other kid, uh, the two really, good, two yeah 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 Chase Brown's brother. Yep. Um, they they were two really good DBs. Um, they've got to prove it a little bit because they were dependent on their defense and it, 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 it. They they didn't get a heck of a lot out of their offense the last month of the season. Uh, so, I don't know that that is going to be as tough a game for Drew Allard as as people, some people might think, because I'm not sure Illinois is going to be quite as good as they have been. That's, that's all. So either one of those two halves of that, that you could, you could have a tougher opening sequence to the league season than that. That's all. (laughs) And, And a lot of times the thing is those Ohio state or Michigan games, especially Ohio state, they kept having Michigan state right after Ohio state, which was a tough game. Especially the, the, light, the, the lightning delay game after, after the 39 38 game in Columbus, that was a crusher. You know, that is a, a really tough game to have. It was a 27 24 loss. And yeah,
0: actually, it was 17 18 and 16, they waxed them pretty good. But 17 and 18, it was right after that, and they got lurkied.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they got is that a verb? They got lurkied? Yeah. It is now. <laughs> Anyway, it's it's a tough uh, following game. You look at the lead up and the lead out of those Ohio State and Michigan games, and there's been a problem on one side or the other of those games in a lot of prior years. This year, no. They get ni- nice lead ups, and they get uh, fairly easy games that it appears uh, leading out of them. So that's a, that's a big plus, I think. All right.
0: All right, Dave. hey, listen. If if you change your mind, just remember, Will Levis is throwing in his pajamas on Saturday. It's a good way to get ready for the for. Penn so State is
1: there are, are, are there defenders? Are there defenders? defenders? Or how's how's this no, work? No
0: no defenders. He just oh, he's just throwing wow. passes. He's just throwing passes to to that's
1: uh, pretty interesting stuff, Receivers
0: man. and he's you know yeah. he's running forties and bench pressing and all that's
1: that great. That stuff. It is he is. answering questions? Does he get? To, do we get to yeah, watch him all answer of questions? Them, all
0: of them meet the press. All of them mm-hmm. have to face yeah. the music. So we'll great see. stuff. All right, we'll right, we'll be back next week as we get closer to the start of spring practice. Dave Jones's favorite time of year. That's it for this episode of Blue White Breakdown. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.